Welcome to Moments with Deru podcast, season five, and I'm your host, Modoni. This is a space to inspire, encourage, and uplift you. You can join our community by visiting www.momentswithndero.com. Throughout this season, there will be a combination of solo and interview episodes where different thoughts will be shared, and I hope you'll grab a hold of one or two words and apply them into your lives. With that said, let's dive in. Today's guest is a leadership mentor who helps Black women professionals expand into their full potential and stand out as leaders in their careers. She has helped women own their voice, feel confident to be themselves, and create the space for them to get seen and paid their worth. A mom of three, including twins, leads a team of 11 actuaries in the largest global audit firm and has transitioned into senior management roles along her 10-year career. As a leader in her corporate role, she leverages her experience to help other women confidently show up as inspirational leaders for their teams while navigating the challenges of being underrepresented as a Black woman in their industry. Welcome onto the show, Rebecca. Thank you so much, Mumani. I am super excited to be here with your listeners. Great. So before we take the conversation further, what's your earliest childhood memory? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Hmm. Um, I was actually reflecting on that over the last few weeks and trying to see how far back I could remember my childhood memories. So the one I remember quite vividly is when we went on my first trip overseas um, to the U.S. And I was so excited because, first of all, I would come back from the holidays with, you know, a super interesting story to tell my friends. Um, but secondly, I really found aeroplanes fascinating so I love that you know we could fly over the sea and I was on the window seat as always um, so just so many good memories from that trip I was seven years then. Nice it's amazing how as we reflect we can remember such early childhood memories and sometimes we think we can't but we can. Yes Yes, when you flex that muscle, um, that's when you realize how much you remember. So hopefully next time someone asks me that question, I can remember something at an even earlier age. <laughs> so how did you transition throughout childhood, you know, early adulthood and into where you are right now? How did you transition into the different phases of your life and what have you learned over the years? Oh, wow. These are really <laughs> very, very good questions. Um, so I grew up from a very humble background, actually. Um, my parents were sort of the first generation um, from their family who received a formal education. Um, and they were very, very pro-education. And we, my dad is from Kenya, my mom is Ugandan. Um, they met and decided to start their lives in South Africa. So I grew up mostly in South Africa. I was born in Kenya. Um, but even when we went there and they wanted to do their best. So they took me to, you know, one of the best schools in town. 
but obviously the lifestyle that I was living because you know we were uh, we were from humble backgrounds you know my my mom was a doctor my dad was a lecturer so it's not like we had all the riches right they didn't have generational wealth passed on to them and the kids I would mingle with at school were you know from really well to do families um and I remember always feeling oh, you know just feeling completely out left out because they would share all these stories about what they would do on the weekends how they would go to McDonald's um and I didn't have stories like that to share on a Monday morning so I dreaded you know those essays we used to be told to write on Mondays about what you did on your weekend um because sometimes we would be asked to like read our essays out loud um and I didn't feel like I had interesting enough you know stories to share that kind of were on the level of everyone else in my class so those are also some of the things i i remember as you know i transitioned throughout my life and um i took all that you know in the different stages of you know of my life because like i said my parents always put education first and they really worked hard to put me and my siblings in in the best schools that they could so that we could stand an even better chance of creating more success for ourselves um and so i i left school with you know top in my class distinctions um was really happy proud of myself um and i worked hard for it right um it didn't just come naturally to me i worked hard for it um went through university and then fast forward to my corporate career when i started in corporate I still had this these beliefs that you know my work my work will say everything for itself my work will speak for itself I don't need to talk loud and you know coming from this cultural background where you know you don't challenge opinions you don't voice out your opinions out loud you know I was taught to remain respectful and humble mm-hmm. and that actually worked against me when I transitioned into the corporate um world um and and there were no rules there right it's not like school where there are rules you know to the game of what you need to do to be you know in the good books how to become a prefect you know in in the corporate world there are no rules that are given to you you know mm-hmm. to to try and use as a guideline as to how to climb the corporate ladder and i had to learn the hard way <laughs> i had to really learn the hard way um and you know i packaged all those experiences and now i'm sharing them with other women who who are coming up because when i started quite frankly i was the only black person in my team of 20 um i'm an actuary by profession so i started in in johannesburg in south africa and that was really hard because even when i looked around me and up you know two three levels above me there was no one who looked like me and even trying to emulate and see other people as mentors even though there was no formal you know mentor relationship was hard because i struggled to relate with the people around me um and they struggled to relate with me as well because we came from different backgrounds you know we had different experiences um in our childhood growing up going to university um and and trying to fit in was was again another challenge then but i i had to dig deep and find it in myself to actually use my experiences and how unique i was as an asset um and not as a liability to try and conform and fit in and shrink 
to what I saw was the standard, you know, quote unquote, that was laid before me. I love it. See yourself as an asset and not a liability. So how do you help the women that you mentor to find their voices and become confident? Because as you've said, some of us struggle with the fact that we don't see ourselves in these corporate spaces. Um, we see ourselves as liabilities. So how do you help them to switch their thinking processes to see themselves as assets? Yes. I mean, I was fortunate enough to have um, mentors who actually didn't ask for coming to my life. My husband being one of them. He had been in a corporate space in the UK for a very long time. And so he knew quite a lot about, you know, these unwritten rules of, of the game when it comes to corporate and leadership. And through these mentors who came into my life at different stages in my career, I was able to learn a lot and really try and, and find myself and bring the best out of myself. But when I look back, I realized that there was a lot of inner work I had to do. And I had to challenge so many limiting beliefs that had been planted into my paradigm through the years, you know, through my childhood through all the experiences I went through, you know, trying to fit in when you are in a school and you're like one of the few black kids in the school, you know, when you are in the school and you're wearing your Afro and everyone else has long silky hair flowing mm. down their backs. All those things created beliefs in, in my mind that I had to reframe when I got to this point in, in my adulthood. And I had to start by challenging them and really coming head head on head, face to face with them and asking myself, are these beliefs actually true? And I found that most of them were not true. They were just beliefs that I had learned to become comfortable with. And it took a lot of discomfort. I mean, just as an example, I used to think, oh, you know, I cannot, I cannot speak against my, you know, the person I report to, right? My manager. I can't challenge what he's saying um, because, you know, he's above me and, you know, I kind of saw him as an authority, the way you would see them, the way you would see yourself as a child, you know, relating to your parent. Um, and I had to unlearn that because if you don't raise your voice and if you don't say your opinions in the corporate world, no one is going to know the value that you have to bring. You have to learn to speak for yourself. I used to think, you know, what if my ideas get shot down? What if I say something that's wrong or I don't want to look stupid? Um, and I had to challenge myself a lot there because, first of all, there is no wrong opinion. Everyone is entitled, entitled to their opinions. And I had to bring myself to say my opinions and share them unapologetically, no matter what response or reaction I get. Yes. Speak up. But how do you speak up authentically and not be afraid that your opinion is different from someone else's? Mm, mm, it takes a lot of practice. Um, I, I mean, you have to speak, right? You have to find that courage to speak and just to say things as, as, as the way you would say it to your friends out there and I know sometimes it's not easy because you know there's how you should carry yourself in the corporate world um, how you should speak sometimes for us as black women you know our accents um, are not always easy to understand 
um, especially when you are in a forum with maybe British accents and people with British accents who really struggle to hear what you're saying. But the more you do it, the easier it becomes for you to say things and for you to to really voice what you believe. So I, I believe that anything, any time you have that opportunity to say things, even if it's just in team meetings, be the one that, you know, coordinates the meeting. Be the one that brings people together. That way you are using your voice. You are practicing the use of your voice. And then next time, challenge yourself to speak up in a meeting where, you know, the only other people in the meeting are people in leadership positions above you. Challenge yourself to say, even if it's just one thing, and say it out with confidence, you know, the way you would say it to your best friend. And you'll build along on that and you'll build that confidence until you're at the point where, you know, you can be trusted to represent the company you're in or even represent your own personal brand in public speaking forums. So I believe you, you can start small and practice. And if you don't feel comfortable, ask a friend. I used to do that with my husband a lot of times before, you know, going into meetings where I wasn't sure how things were going to be. I would ask him, you know, give me your feedback. I would practice what I would, what I had planned to say, or if it was a presentation, I would practice my presentation with him and he would give me feedback. So also find those people who you can lean on, who can support you in your journey to coming up and speaking out authentically um, and be yourself as much as you can. I know this is not easy. Um, especially when we see other people, you know, conforming to a certain way of doing things. But being yourself is the best way you can get in tune with that confidence um, and that authenticity that is going to make you stand out. And I think for us as African and Black women, um, there are so many ways we can be ourselves, even before we use our voice. You know, the way we wear our hair, for example, mm is a statement in itself, right? The way we dress is a statement in itself. Some of these things that we tend to overlook can actually make a big difference and can actually help you to stand out and speak for yourself, but you still have to learn to use your voice to speak out. I like that. You mentioned before our conversation that you would want to talk about authentic leadership. So just picking back on or building on what you've just shared, that being yourself is really key. Why do you think it's important to have authentic leadership? Yes, yes. I think it's, it's so key, especially in this generation, because the way the world works is very different to how it was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Um, if you look at just in, in, in corporate, you know, public spaces or even in politics, just doing one thing that is, you know, seen as, you know, frowned upon or seen as, you know, morally not, you know, the way things should be could cost you your job, right? Um, and, and the same happens in the corporate space. You would rather err on being transparent being honest um, and leaning into those characteristics because those are the characteristics that people feel they belong with. Those are the, the things that people get inspired by. 
And that's how you then galvanize and create this aura around you where people want to be around you and people want to be inspired and led by you. Um, I mean, I think we've moved past the sort of authoritarian kind of leadership, which is probably where how we grew up, you know, 20 years ago, Mm. um, where our parents said this and that, that was that, you know. This is now the age where you've, you've got to be open. You've got to allow for these open discussions. You've got to allow for yourself to be wrong sometimes. Sometimes your team members will, quite frankly, give you better ideas. Hmm. Um, you have to be responsible at the end of the day as the leader. And I know that's, that's not easy. Um, even when we see some of you know, our leaders out there, um, don't always own up to some of the mistakes they make. But I found that you get so much power, so much more power by being responsible and being vulnerable. I mean, knowing the, the, the boundaries, right? I'm not just saying, you know, just be completely open and vulnerable, but having that sense of humanity, of being human, um, I think people relate to that so much more in this day and age. And that's, that's in my view, what authentic leadership is about. Great. If you're able to, um, could you mention a moment where you were vulnerable or inspiring to one of your team members? Oh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I was actually sharing this story with um, one of our audit partners recently. So I remember, I think it was two, three years ago, we were, um, you know, doing some business development with a potential client. Um, and one of my tasks was to prepare a presentation um, and then to present it. And, you know, these were really senior people, Africa executives um, and directors, board of directors. Um, and, you know, I got my team to help me to prepare and to put the insights and do the research and put the statistics together. Um, and, you know, this, this was not the first time they were preparing a presentation of this type. Um, so I really trusted that they they knew what needed to be done um, and they got got it done. Everything was done on time. Um, you know, I just looked through it briefly and everything seemed fine until we got there and I started presenting. And there were some statistics that were glaringly incorrect. There were numbers that should have been in millions that were in billions. I mean, it was just a mess. And I remember seeing, you know, some of the executives and the board members literally like chuckle as I was speaking and I had no idea what to do. But I told myself, you know what, this was my responsibility. I, I should have checked this presentation, you know, more thoroughly before I presented. And I just continued to present um, and, you know, corrected the mistakes that I could, as, as at least the ones that I could see. Um, until the end and honestly I felt like sinking myself into a hole because no one wants you know their mistakes to be seen and to be pointed out in in public and in such a forum like that um, but you know I went back and and gave my team the feedback and told them you know what at the end of the day I know I take responsibility for this um, I, I told them that I'm not blaming them um, but I gave them my feedback on how we could do things differently to avoid the situation from happening again. And I think they really appreciated the fact that 
I didn't come back and, you know, hammer them mm. um, or tell them how, you know, bad things were and how they were to blame and how I would never give them opportunities for to do such work again. Um, but it takes a lot of courage to do that. It really takes a lot of courage because naturally as human beings, we always want to see ourselves, you know, in the right light, right? We, yes. we don't want to see ourselves in the wrong. Mm. Um, but that also creates a lot of trust, um, which you will then use as credits in the future. Um, and I think they really felt inspired, um, but also they felt that, you know, mistakes can happen um, and it's not the end of the world. We can fix it and we can learn from this and become even better at what we do. Love it. So to ride on that as well, what would you tell your younger self? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I would definitely tell my younger self to, to be more open to making mistakes, um, to know that I will not always do things right the first time and to just be more adventurous um, and to challenge, to challenge myself and to challenge others because I feel that there's so much strength that comes from doing that and there's so much growth that comes from doing that because you, you get yourself into an uncomfortable zone just by challenging others and by challenging yourself. So if I were to go back, you know, and start my career over, I would definitely do that more and not be afraid of, you know, whatever reaction or the backlash that could come from saying things that, you know, no one is saying or saying things that I know need to be said that maybe other people are not comfortable saying. Um, because sometimes as a leader, you have to say the things that other people are uncomfortable hearing or saying. You have to put yourself in positions where, um, you know, it, it might not be the nice thing to say, but it's the right thing to say and do. And I would probably do that more. Um, I would probably have fast-tracked my career progress, but even just my own development as a person. And I would definitely advise and recommend others to do the same. I love that piece of advice. So we're entering a round of random questions. Um, don't overthink them, whatever comes to mind, share. So the first one that comes to mind or the first one that I'd like to share with you is when do you feel the most in control? When I am myself. That is so important. Yes, when you're being yourself, that is very key. How can you tell if someone mm -hmm. has a sense of humor? Well, we're now in the age of COVID where you can't see people's, um, people's you know, facial expressions in full. But yeah, I usually see it from the way they smile. It tells a lot about what kind of a person they are. Love it. And what have you learned about life from your children? that you never give up you so, never give yeah. up you get down you do it again I see them a lot when they try and climb things they fall they scrape their knees but they go back like you just never give up until you get to the top of that mountain you're climbing yes never give up and how do you want to be remembered oh that's a heavy question um impact I want to be remembered as the woman who made an impact, the woman who 
brought many other black women up with her in her you know journey to the top of the corporate ladder and you shall do that so in closing say amen to that amen amen you shall so in closing is there anything that you still want to share with the listeners to encourage them to inspire them you know i think it takes a lot of courage to step out of your shell um especially as a black woman especially if you are heavily underrepresented you know i know some professions where there are so few women um and even fewer black women like in engineering but even in finance where you know i i work in but courage is what gives you that um to to lead and to stand out and to be seen and to be valued um not conformity so challenge those limiting beliefs that are keeping you in your shell and every day do at least one thing that gets you out of that comfort zone just one small action every single day done consistently at the end of the year you are going to need like a telescope to see where you've come from that is so powerful so i want to appreciate you rebecca for taking the time for being on the show thank you so much uh- Uh, you're welcome. I had such a good time talking with you, Moroni, and you're such a great interviewer. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So, dear listeners, I've picked up one or two things that I'll carry forward, and that is challenge your limiting beliefs, and also it takes courage to step out of your shell. So, whatever you do, please apply it. and as rebecca said if you keep doing it consistently every day you will need to use a telescope at the end of the year to see how far you've come so until next time stay safe mm-hmm.